It's Song Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings and welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show where we talk about songwriters and uh, try to all get better at writing songs. My name is Phil Emery, and Neil's away today doing something that he feels is more important, spending time with his family, and you know, because it's his birthday, you know. But we're very excited to have a longtime guest of the show, who was back on our show back in 2016. Uh, someone who I thought as a, um, a really fine jazz uh, songwriter, kind of a very pure jazz songwriter, was doing lots of other stuff, and that's Stephen Tate. Steve, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be back. You first came on and, and you were, and you played these just perfect cocktail-soaked jazz standards almost, and I just love them because I love, you know, the 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 American Songbook. I love all that stuff from the '40s. So I always thought of you as as a, a very much of a pure jazz songwriter. But you actually just got nominated for a folk award. Um, super exciting to to be nominated. Um, as as I was mentioning, um, uh, just in passing, we were nominated for Emerging Artist of the Year, which is quite strange, having been in the game a little while. Um, but excited to be uh, recognized and and maybe come out to St. John's to see the award ceremonies. <laughs> no, that'll be great to have you. You have to stop by the house when you come out. Uh, I started out in 2013 and I was working on rootsy Americana music. So it's kind of a full circle in that way. Um, I wanted to record in 2018 some jazz standards and, and write my own material in that way. Um, I like the the arrangement style and and those that sort of storytelling and the freedom of jazz. But uh, I really enjoy, you know, the song at the core and and get back into that writing all originals for this most recent album. It was really exciting. Yeah, and if you go to your uh, the website, you actually have a few releases and they're you know they're they're quite different, which is nice because it's such a hard thing to to know what to do these days. You know, should you have your brand? Everyone's talking about oh, you got to have your brand. And then you just stay on your brand. You just do your brand all the time. Or do you do what you're doing, which is lots of different kinds of stuff? I mean, have you thought about that whole sort of staying on one style or or wandering? Or I think um, I think part of uh, the fun of being an artist and a songwriter uh, is to reinvent and to reimagine what the next project will be. Uh, so it, it's really exciting to be able to uh, to shift and, and move in different directions. Um, for this project, uh, 2013, 2023, sorry, rather, uh, I put out a full album that was Roots, um, pop music, folk pop. Um, and I was really excited to work with um, songwriters in Nashville and kind of hone in on what makes their writing unique. Uh, Emma Lee from Canada, who lives now in Nashville, um, and Mary Bragg, uh, Jill Barber, who's based in Vancouver, um, Jen Grant. Uh, so writing with them was really, really a fun uh, process of collaboration. Uh, and and I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to what an authentic voice is for myself. So that's, it's nice to to explore and, and find what's more and more true as we go along. <laughs> Well, doing different styles can be tough because sometimes it does sound like people doing one style who are trying something out. Where most of your stuff, it's like, you know, if I, if, if I just heard this one song in isolation, I didn't know who it was. I wouldn't sort of think, oh, this is a jazz guy doing, you know, uh, root stuff or this is a root stuff, uh, roots guy doing jazz stuff. It always does seem to be authentically you. 
what's uh now what's uh, working um going down to nashville like did you have any insights on their process or how it differed from your own well, I, I actually, um, I've not been there in person. So during the pandemic, it was really exciting to connect with folks who had all of this time on their hands now for good or bad um, uh, and be able to connect with them, collaborate remotely and sit here in this spot while they're in Nashville and, and write tunes. I have a little keyboard over here that I used to write. It's covered in other instruments right now, but that's <laughs> that's what we were working on uh, uh, to write some of that material. Um, and yeah, it's it, it was an interesting process to, you know, sometimes I find with those writers, it's almost more like therapy where, for example, with Mary Bragg, we wrote a few songs and she would always challenge me to say, what's the story? Like, what <laughs> what are you actually trying to say? <laughs> and, and you know, in, in sometimes in like jazz and list songs and those sorts of the, a process of writing in jazz, um, I was finding that I was veering away from a story and making sure that I had a rhyme scheme and a a clever melody, but not so much. Oh. What's the story behind it? That's really what we were trying to get at. And that's the same thing with this new song, Snow Angels, that um, I've shared with you that we just released. It's kind of like we, as we were writing it, it was on first draft, it, it was something and it was these, it, it was a scene, but it wasn't really a story yet. And as we, as I let it percolate and, and take shape, um, I was challenged by the producer and a couple other folks who were listening to it to say, you need to, you need to tell the story a little bit more. <laughs> Interesting. So what, what changes did you make? Well, so I, I was looking for what, where I was in that picture, not necessarily that it had to be, you know, oh, there's Steven and he's doing something in that scene, but where, where's the heart of that storyline? So um, the song Snow Angels uh, tells the story about uh, two lovers that are in a field making, you know, playing this childhood game that's um, that we've all played in the wintertime. But then what's the storyline where uh, where I'm what's the angle that I'm coming at to, to make it unique? And I think as a as a middle mid career, middle aged person i wanted to tell the storyline of what is how am i looking at this in a nostalgic way perhaps so i'm i'm saying i don't want us to grow old i just i don't want to leave the moment i really want it to last forever that's really the angle i was i found in to the story so did you start off to write a christmas song you thought okay i'm gonna write a christmas song or yeah, the uh, so the the song it, it's strange because we just put out a single, but we've actually recorded the whole Christmas album. I thought we'll tease out this song this year, and I've put out an album earlier in this year. I don't want to just get rid of all, of all the spoil all the surprises all at once. So <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in uh, Dartmouth um, recording with Danny Ledwell, and so we this is one of the songs I felt that it kind of followed in the same direction as this. 2023 album and then is a good preview for the full Christmas album. <laughs> well, because lots of people, you know, think they want to do a Christmas song, which means you really have to start in the middle of the summer. Yeah. yeah exactly. Which is weird. Yeah. 
you know, the, the famous story of um, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas is because it was written in Los Angeles during a heat wave. <laughs> so, you know, he actually was dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> and the song, What Are You Doing New Year's Eve, which is also another favorite of mine, was actually not intended to be a Christmas song. It was just... <laughs> happens to be it refers to new year's so it's always pops up during the holidays <laughs> well and it's like uh what's what's that uh, the folk song um fairy tale of new york i mean it was like it, it it is christmas it's not for me it's not christmas unless i hear that song and it's not really very like it, they talk about christmas very often but it's not really a christmas song but it's certainly that's Christmas song to me. I love it. And, and I, I grew up just in love with all sorts of Christmas material. And so I wanted to really take a stab at writing some, both, both, uh, you know, as a challenge to write something that's different, but also to a sneak peek. It's, it's actually meant to be part of a Christmas musical that I'm seeding. Oh, wow. Hopefully in the next couple of years to put together as a project. Uh, so there's a narrative that goes with the album, but this year, a, Snow Angels is a single, <laughs> and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> that's a great idea. If anyone ever is interested in the uh, old standards, there's a, a wonderful album called Christmas with a Rat Pack. It has uh, Christmas tunes and, and a lot of Christmas tunes that uh, you know that aren't standards, with Sammy Davis Jr. and mm -hmm. uh, um, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and all those guys, and it's and it's just again. It's not Christmas unless I hear that album with that old, uh, these standards. So I want to talk about Chris, uh, Snow Angels. I listen to a lot of, uh, of that kind of music, the, the, the jazz from the, uh, from the forties. And those, they have a certain quality of backing vocals that people just don't do anymore because it, it it's, it's kind of old fashioned, but you do it here, which I, I, when I heard it, I started laughing. I was just going, this is so cool. The backing vocals, they're, you know, they're right out of the 40s. And then, like, how do you find anyone to arrange those, let alone actually perform them? Yeah, and that, I mean, that is in large part due to the producer, Danny Ledwell. Um, he, he's this master that plays all the instruments, basically, uh, except, say, for some drums. And... Uh, we had this idea because the song has a bit of a nostalgic, uh, lyric and, um, and the, the melody, the instrumentation, we wanted to follow in the same direction. Um, and as soon as we were playing through it, you know, we, we had the idea that it was just, uh, you know, a kind of a Roy Orbison kind of a, that sort of direction where there's some nice tight harmonies in the background vocals, um, and it doesn't hurt that Danny's partner, Jen Grant, who's a brilliant songwriter and artist in, in her own right, um, she popped in and, and recorded with, with another couple of people. And it just, you know, it wasn't even necessary to make the arrangement when they're that talented. They were just in the room and they're like, let's sing this part. Oh, like swoopy, swoopy tight harmonies. And we all just started laughing that it was just of that time already. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really excited where it went. <laughs> it is so cool. And there's a really interesting variation on your verse one, verse two, chorus, verse one, verse two, chorus. That there's a really nice variation on the first line of your second verse. 
right. which I'm always wondering about where, you know, where to put that variation. Do you put it at the beginning, at the at the end, in the middle? Because you, like, you do need, I think, some variation just repeating the whole melody from verse one to verse two, I always think is, I mean, people can kind of do it, but I love those little details where they're just like these little sort of, you know, bits of polish. Was that um, something that you had to play around with a lot, or we wanted to uh, in in writing the the chord progression? Um, you know, the that style of of vintage music, the I'll say Roy Orbison, Patsy Cline, that sort of thing. There's this all this lovely chromaticism where, um, you know, it's passing tones that move in between the chord progression. So um, you hear. Uh, uh, this really, I, I just wanted to create a little bit more texture and crunchiness um, as the song went along. So you're not just getting the same thing each time you encounter the verse. It's actually something that moves along mm. the story. Um, and so there's, um, on the first part, it's it moves into a major sort of standard progression. And the second part, as you're mentioning, second part of the verse, first verse, and which recurs the second time as well, moves into a minor. So it just, mm -hmm. it has a bit of a uh, keep you interested moment. <laughs> Sometimes as songwriters, when we do stuff, we want people to know that we're doing stuff. Right. So you kind of almost, they call it in comedy, putting a hat on a hat. You know, you're just going like, hey, look at this, what we're doing. I'm, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. And, and it kind of, it kind of kills it a bit. This doesn't do it. It's just wonderful. Let's take a listen and then we'll talk about it some more. Sounds great. Snow angels in a field of white. Lying side by side, our arms are open wide to lovers laughing in the snow. The world is put on hold, hearts are warm. Lost in a child 
wish that we would always stay Snow Also, I appreciate the line, let's fly away tonight. It's really tasty, and I could see that being very tempting to want to put that throughout the whole song, but you didn't. You only used it twice, which is, restraint is very tough with these tasty bits of things. Well, we wanted to, as as I was recording it, there were a couple lines through the song that um, went in a direction that was more relying on the angel imagery and as i was singing it danny the producer was saying now let's think about whether or not it's starting to become a bit preachy or the angel choir or something like that so someone mm-hmm. who it, this is a story about two lovers in a field and not necessarily a, a religious commentary or spiritual right right moment. so so kind of uh, always keeping in mind that as as, as a lover could be a, you, a nickname could be angel mm. or 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 a term of endearment kind of leaning more on on the relationship than the esoteric right. angel idea <laughs> it sounds like the song was kind of in flux a, a lot of times like are you writing in the studio or yeah i i mean as i i find that as as i'm going into the studio i have a pretty good idea of what i like to hear and then the lyrics can shape uh can stay in flux a little bit um i was just listening to this interview with mary gautier and and i I beat myself up sometimes not having the song finished quickly and she was saying that she wrote the song i don't know if you know mary gautier's work well but she her song um i drink which is all about uh, her and her experience with alcoholism and she was saying that she wrote the song over several years, that it just, there was some phrase that always was always bothering her and she just kept coming back to it to make sure that it was authentic. And so, yeah, certainly this song had a couple different versions of it as we went along. And I, I think, thankfully, I was challenged to keep working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's okay. It's, I've, I mean, I know I've said this before, but I remember reading a, an article with uh, about Elvis Costello, and he says he has songs that take some it takes some years. He says everything is done except for that one line, mm-hmm. and he comes and he tries a bunch of lines, and he goes, "No, they're not quite there," and then just keeps on working at it. So, and for me, it takes forever for me to write lyrics at all, but it's because that's not my certainly not my forte. Um, so I would certainly not uh, throw any stones in that. But um, yeah, yeah, so how long? Just write sixty-four verses, and you can pick from. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
that would take me the rest of my life, I think. The way I write is I actually do non like I'll do the melody and just go nah, yeah, yeah. and then I'll walk around and sort of until like words kind of find their place and then I sort of stitch stuff together. But apparently Brian Ferry works that way, so I don't feel so bad about that. You know? Well that's the scrambled eggs let it be storyline. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's the whole thing about the narrative is something that um I've never really been a narrative guy, you know, sort of consciously. And I guess that's one of the great things about working with uh, Nashville uh, folk is because they are, you know, that world is very much of a story song world, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, like I think we talked about last time, the Brill building kind of output of people Mm. being in session every four hours the door revolves and there's a new story. There's a new, so I think it's just like working out, you know, the more you can exercise those muscles or those mm. creative juices, it's just remarkable what sort of um, output they have. It's really <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Are you going to do um, a video of uh, the song? Do you think? So we put out a a, a little teaser um, video. Um, if you go on Instagram, it's uh, one of the last several posts. It's about a minute long. We just wanted to give a little sense of what it would look like um, visually. Um, and then next year when we put out the full Christmas album, we'll have a couple more feature music videos and live videos to accompany. Have you had a chance to perform this live yet? Uh, so December 7 in London, Ontario at the Aeolian Hall and December 16 uh, at Hughes Room in Toronto here. We'll, we'll ah. uh, hear some of them. Very nice. exciting. <laughs> the new Hughes Room. Yeah, there's a brand new Hughes Room, which is a very unique place in Toronto, actually, which uh, was very much built for songwriters and you know, people who really care about songs as opposed to a bar or restaurant, which happens to have... Uh, uh, music but um so now will it just be you and a piano or will it be you and a band thankfully not just me and a piano <laughs> uh i have i have some great musicians that i'm playing with um uh it'll be a full band lineup he's two guitars bass drums uh and it gives a little bit of a some of it's more like in the classic uh christmas some jazz some roots some some strip down singer songwriter uh it's it's yeah i'm really excited to share some of the new material oh that's gonna be great it's uh you have back backing vocals yeah to the to oh the fo- wow singing singing and playing guitar much more talented than me uh being able to do that and and uh, we're going to teach the audience some of the songs so they can sing along. One of them is kind of like a, uh, I want to say like a Beach Boys chorus. Um, so oh, there's cool. a lot of audience participation on it. <laughs> I'll take the video, I'll send it to you. <laughs> That'll be brilliant. I mean, apart from the shows, what what's coming up next for you? Are you working on more songs or... Yeah, I, I received Factor Funding, uh, which is a granting body, um, the Arts Councils and the the um, Factor, which is the foundation of recording, um, funded through the radio stations, uh, gave me money towards this last album. And so I'm trying to make the most of it and tour through the U.S. a little bit. Um, nice. Uh, in spring. 
Uh, and then just slowly, it's it's a nice cycle right now where um, all the applications for festivals, artists can submit for summer festivals next year. Uh, and that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Copy, paste, send out, send out <laughs> as quickly as we can. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. And about, uh, touring around, getting across the border apparently can be a bit of a challenge, I've heard. It's, yeah. Whole, it's a whole thing right now. Uh, hopefully it becomes easier, but it doesn't seem to be moving in that direction for Canadians, unfortunately. Oh, sure. <laughs> more expensive, a little bit more tricky to get across the border. <laughs> but well worth it, I think, because you certainly oh. can, you know, it, uh, I was talking with a, a friend and, and you know, the thing about uh, St. John's is it's, you know, about like the tenth of the size of Toronto. So... And there's a lot of space between St. John's and, you know, Toronto or Montreal or pretty well anywhere. And so touring in Canada can be a bit of a challenge because there's not that many people. Whereas mm. in the U.S. you can be exposed to many more people much in a much shorter uh, amount of time, which is a, which is a great thing. Yeah, there's so many hats there. You can pop around an hour and you're in the next city with a million people and... <laughs> I drive an hour out of Toronto and you wind up in, you know, Kitchener. So, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Kitchener. <laughs> but this is um, this is a great song, and I think it's good. It's it's. I'm always interested to see which ones become standards because, of course, if it becomes a standard, then you're you won't have to rely on factor grants anymore. I don't think. <laughs> you know, if all goes well. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's absolutely um, a great song. Thanks so much, Stephen, for coming back. Of course, you'll be back again sometime. And, uh, you know, because uh, you're always welcome on the show with your big musical brain. Thank you. Much appreciated. So that's all the time we have on Song Talk Radio because we can hear the band. Don't forget uh, to send us your thoughts and comments on anything we say on the show at feedback at songtalk.ca. You can find all the books and resources and stuff that we mentioned on the show on the show notes at the uh, website as well as on our resources page at the um, at songtalk.ca and if you happen to be in the Toronto area or even online you can join us for the next Song Talk radio meetup it's a great way of sharing your songs in progress with other songwriters and um, get uh, useful feedback as opposed to Oh, isn't that nice? Because that doesn't do anyone any good. Uh, stop by the website for the link. It's free to join or free to attend and always a blast. Uh, we One month we'll do it live in Toronto and the other time we do it online. And we have people from all over the world online. Uh, Australia, New York, uh, England and stuff. So it's always a blast. So please join us. Uh, you can get more of me at uh, philemory.ca and more of Neil at neilmody.com. Stephen, where can people get more of you? Uh, on all social media, you can follow me uh, at Stephen with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N, and last name T-A-E-T-Z, Stephen Tates, and uh, stephentates.com for everything else. <laughs> and what's your favorite social media? Instagram. Instagram, <laughs> yes. Everyone loves the Instagram. I need to get on to Well, actually, I have an Instagram post. I just never actually use it, so maybe that's a problem. Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you again next time. And remember, keep on writing. 
Good night. <laughs>